welcome back to Mike Meets London Tastemakers. In this episode, I'm chatting to Jamie Tack, who's the head chef and co-owner of the Leighton Stone Tavern and also of Bang Bang Burger. We talk about businesses and how they found their identities over lockdown, as well as diving into Jamie's storied history in the kitchen, from the West Country to London to Southeast Asia and back again. We caught up at the tavern itself, which is well worth a visit if you can make it across. So without further ado, let's dive in. Cool. So I'm here with Chef Jamie Tack at the lovely Leighton Stone Tavern in North East London. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us kind of what you're doing here as a starter for 10? Uh, so uh, I am the, yeah, one of the owners and the chef of the Leighton Stone Tavern. Um, uh, I took over from the, the, old, the old owner. Uh, he uh, was the guy who started Hawks Cider. Right, yeah. So I think I've mentioned it to you before, yeah, yeah in the past. So Simon had here with uh, my business partner, Ronnie, and um, yeah, they kind of opened up and it was all going quite well. And I think the, the main probably issue that they had here was both of them were very busy men. Right. You know, <laughs> Simon at the time was, you know, um, you know, uh, Hawks was just mm. growing and growing and growing. And I think um, he just, you know, he wasn't, and able to give the the pub the time it's needed and my business partner Ronnie likewise for him he's got the bread station in London Fields he's got the Duke in Wanstead so um, it was kind of like he was been hassling me for years (laughs) to come and work you know work with him and you know come on board and and work together because he's at a stage where he's like well I want to I want to work with my mates and and, um, he'd kind of been chipping away at me for a few years and then it was just kind of the right right time so uh, I came on board at the start of 2020. Right. So, a great uh, time for great it. Great time for it. Yeah, we had two months of trading, basically, uh, or, you know, uh, 10 weeks or whatever right, it was yeah. before the first lockdown happened. And it's weird, when you when I was coming into here at the start, it was like, uh, we had some fish and chips on, mm. you, know, we, you know, it was very kind of gastro pub, yeah. seasonal British, you know kind of fairly run-of-the-mill in terms of the offerings but you know the emphasis was on really good produce you know that was the idea of it is kind of making sure that okay we're using the best meat supply we can find we can buy the best vegetables we can Mm. find and actually let those kinds of things do a lot of the work (laughs) a lot of the work yeah Yeah, exactly so the you know the emphasis was just being fresh and you know a smaller menu than what you know Mm. they had before um because I mean, when this place first opened, it was the it was the this pub. Has, you know, it's been a pub since the late eighteen hundreds. Oh right. So oh. it's been a long time, and then it shut down quite a few years ago. It was called the Woodhouse Tavern previously, okay, right. and um, yeah, it closed down. And then when the developer wanted to turn upstairs into flats, the yeah. the, the the T's and C's of the planning permission were. Uh, you have to make turn the pub back into a, a working pub, right, okay. and um, and that was what happened. But when it, when it first opened, there was no real competition in the immediate area. But right. uh, then then they opened, and six months later, the Holly Tree, literally five minute walk down the oh, road, right. opened up. And then since then, the Rockwood Arms, which has opened up wow. last year. <laughs> so like all of a sudden, we had these kind of other mm. pubs opening up, and and we were finding that actually people were the pubs were kind of busy for the immediate area. So if you've got somebody who lives further down towards either one of those pubs, they're probably not going to walk past those pubs to come here. (laughs) So um, when lockdown happened, no, it was a weird time Mm. because no one really 
knew what was happening but because of that we I think some people just kind of were like we're just going to hold tight for a little bit wait and see how this pans out you know obviously that first lockdown it was like oh right what were they saying it was like (laughs) it'll be all over in like three months yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah so everyone was kind of like we'll just sit tight and government's (laughs) helping out and I was like I sat down with Ronnie and and the same with Bang Bang it was we were like well let's just move on it straight away Mm. you know if we we just you know we've got the infrastructure we've got the staff we've got all the things set up in place like our you know um delivery and and uber eats and all those kinds of things um not so much for here we did we did but we actually started here just all through instagram right um click and collects mm. and you know we were doing really good numbers straight right. away but we turned to the burger kind of, uh, of the, yeah. the burger route because it was something that you know, we'd sat and thought about, and we're like, well, what, what doesn't you know this area have? Mm. Um, and a good burger was one of them. And uh, you know, I'd come from my pub in the West Country. That's what we did. You know, it was burgers and it was um, smoked food. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, we just kind of switched to that immediately. And and then we started getting people who were coming from much further afield, and right, they'd right. heard about <laughs> the burgers and then and that kind of thing. So, actually. In terms of like a natural progression of how uh, how this kind of worked was it just kind of all fell into place right, right. and it, we kind of started you know etching out a different you know vibe to us mm. and uh, our food <laughs> offering which which actually ended up being yeah now the cornerstone of like what you're doing yeah yeah exactly yeah that's it you know and and then we don't have that. You know, then all of a sudden we're not competing with the other pubs in the right, area right. because we're also, we're not doing fish and chips. We're not doing, you know, and I, I know that we probably would lose a few, and, um, and there's probably some customers that I haven't seen that, right, haven't, yeah. you know, that might come back once in a while rather than, you know, being sure, a, an yeah. every week thing. But certainly our reputation has grown mm. so that actually people in the, you know, further afield yeah. can start coming to try and find us out and come and have the food which has been great yeah people traveling for you is a pretty good sign I think. yeah well it, it was the only way really when we sat down and thought about it, it was the only way that we thought actually it, it, it's, it's the only way we can make it a sustainable business right, is right. to actually you mentioned bang bang just yeah. now as well uh, so that's your burger delivery concept um so you're in bermondsey and... yeah so we started in bermondsey um actually if you go back to the the very, very, you know, start is I met my business partner from doing an event. Um, he was on, he was, you know, I was working for another food brand mm. at the time. He was next door to me and uh, we got along quite well. And that was kind of it. I never thought, you know, as, as working in the industry, you meet people and that's, right. that's all good. Um, didn't think anything of it. And he actually tracked me down because he heard I just given my notice in for where I was, um, I'd been at for, you know, a few years and said, oh, you know, uh, I want you to come and work for me. And I, and I said, well, I'm not going to come and work for you, (laughs) but uh, we could do something together. You know, he had, um, Eddie, my business partner, um, he had, um, or still got waffle on. So yeah, Eddie, Eddie had, you know, a prep kitchen. He had contacts he had all these things and um we were kind of talking we ended up being sat in his van he took me he said well look come and meet me let's have a talk about it ended up getting jumping in his van driving around 
somewhere in like where it's past Greenwich like it's not I don't I don't think it's even included even <laughs> it's seen as London and uh, having this kind of chat about things that you know oh what could we do and obviously I'd done I'd, I had lots of experience mm. with burgers not just from who I was working with previously but in actually you know my my, my pub actually just right, the, yeah. with the place where I kind of refined the the the, you know the the sauces that I was making mm. and the, um, uh, how I would make the burgers and that kind of thing. So he actually it was actually Eddie's. You know it was he he, he gets lots of film work because he worked. He, you know he said there's like the he's uh, in the the black book of uh, direct, uh, directors and producers who then set up stuff. So he's on the radar and would always get lots of film work. Mm. And he said you know the strange thing is is that I still always get asked for burgers right um even with you know the how many great people there are making burgers in london he still get. i said well look, let's do a, a burger thing and we kind of set it up really to just service that right so the first kind of catering aspect yeah the first year we we worked we did venom 2 we did the some of the food for venom 2 we did the rap party for you know scarlett hansen mm. booked us for doing you know um the black widow, black widow yeah. which was like <laughs> mad so that would be two years ago in september we did that mm. and it's obviously the, I, I, i'm like a massive marvel fan so i was like just being there was like even though you never get yeah, to see yeah, anything yeah. it was just like there's a real you know when you go into those studios and stuff especially yeah, yeah, yeah. for for that and you get like the marvel bat- lanyard and stuff oh, to right. get <laughs> i was yeah. like yeah this is great <laughs> even though you see nothing of anything of course, um yeah. but yeah we did we, we we did lots of lots of film work uh, in the first year and then uh we were looking for a kind of uh, a home because I never really wanted to be a delivery thing. Mm. Um, it was about finding somewhere where we could get a really nice menu and people can come and sit down yeah. and have the food kind of as it's meant to be, you know. Um, and so we found a place in Peckham and then obviously we were due to open on the Thursday after the Monday went into lockdown. Right. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, so that wasn't ideal. And then again, we were like, okay, well, let's just turn to a delivery model. And at the, at the time, everywhere would shut. Yeah, you know, yeah. So there was all the competition in that area um, there was um, oh, what's it called Zephyr it's not, is it Zephyr Burger that were in Peckham Zephyr Burger yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so they were in Peckham Levels they, they obviously weren't trading but they would have been our competition I yeah, guess yeah. in terms of like the radius sure. of which the area we would think there was no Byron there was no you Honest, know, Honest yeah. all of that everywhere shut and so we kind of won Deliveroo and Uber Eats and all these things. And, yeah, we were one of the few burger mm. places that was still... And back then, I think, no one really knew of kind of how... It was always an add-on, you know, yeah. for a lot of places, yeah. having those things. Oh, people want our food, but they don't want to go out. They might have kids or whatever whatever reason they have. Um, and so it just went crazy mm. I mean like crazy 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 like night after night after night where we like to the point where it's like well, we need to switch it off because right, we, right. we couldn't actually keep up with the demand wow. so again like, it was it was good for us you yeah. know we, we, there was a definite positive that came out of that and then since then we've got you know we've got a pop-up in um, the Honor Oak pub in, mm. in Honor Oak obviously uh, we're about to launch um, uh, we were at Ninth Life in Catford and we're going find another spot in Catford we're opening in two weeks 
and yeah there's a couple other people interested in us going into their kitchens as well so the idea is by the end of the year actually we turn Bermondsey uh, into our own customer facing oh great full bang bang sit down that's the plan fantastic I mean that's uh, good news for me as a Bermondsey resident yeah well, you're down the road right yeah. Yeah. perfect so that's that's the idea. That's that's the end goal. Because I think with anyone doing anything like that, poppets are good, and they're from a kind of financial outlay. Mm. There's an initial setup of kind of training staff and buying some new equipment. But for for most of it, you're not paying loads of money on right. a lease and all those kinds of things that yeah. are restrictive for small businesses to kind of get going. I guess mm. so. Yeah, it's it's good that we've managed to kind of scrape a few quid together and, and put it. So, sounds like a, yeah, going a bit better than that maybe, but yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's been obviously it, not an easy road. But. Yeah, I think the thing is, I've got like a love hate relationship with like delivery and mm. Uber Eats and delivery is there an an apps we we would just be nowhere if it so wasn't for them. Ne- necessary evil, I think. It's necessary evil, lives, yeah. but a bit like the government's. That obviously mm. they've changed it now, yeah. um, but it makes it really, really hard to make money. Mm. I think certainly, I think for a period of, for a long period of when we just had Bermondsey, we oh. were just treading water mm. because giving away thirty percent of yeah, yeah. everything and having no additional revenue, it, it, you have to be so, you know, tight with labour basically and right. try and kind of, everyone was working everyone you know our team were amazing they they worked really really hard to try and you know make it as yeah. um profitable as possible but you know it's still tough yeah especially when you use good produce for everything mm. like we yeah. make we make so much you know most of the stuff we make ourselves mm. you know we buy we've got an amazing you know French bakery that we share our unit with and they make all our bread oh, but it's all made by hand mm. so it's not uniform it's yeah. it's just all those little things add to what we're doing as a as a business but obviously it comes to the price <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. so we could make m- more money if we cut lots yeah price, but then yeah. you then you don't have the same product right so sure. it's like would you be as busy then if yeah. you started using a slightly cheaper baker or slightly cheaper butcher or mm. you know and then you're kind of you know I believe like our success has been down to the fact that you know we take care of what we do and we make mm. everything ourselves and we don't compromise on those little things for profit you know we'd rather I know it's probably really bad business sense, but <laughs> <laughs> wow it's good it's good food sense yeah. it's good food sense and ultimately I think that's what it comes down to right especially in London if if you know, I remember I was sat down with um, talking to someone who was, you know, been working with one of the probably biggest burger brands mm. in London, and and just had a conversation with them about stuff, and they're like, and they were like, oh, you know, I mean, no one's going to be launching a burger brand, you know, because it's just overrunning. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was very natural in its process, yeah. so it, it, it's kind of just turned out all right yeah, more yeah. than kind of it being like oh we're intentionally yeah like, we, yeah to the minute yeah exactly yeah <laughs> cool um you kind of alluded to obviously quite a long and storied history in different food places throughout your career but like to take it back to the beginning kind of where did the passion for food like come from like how did you start out on your uh, on your journey i 
I hated school with right. a passion. I'm my brain. I've, I'm, you know, I would say I probably got. Well, I've, I'm dyslexic. Firstly, so educational things mm. and that kind of thing. And I ha obviously have a little bit of ADHD where I'm like my concentration levels right. are. You know, I mean, you've met me. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um, I was just never an academic, you know, it just sure. wasn't it for me. I was always kind of, you know, I had a lot of energy. So I was, you needed to do something that would mm. kind of help burn, burn it off, basically. And I I wanted to go, and I think I was, I was probably 11 when I had my first paper round. Oh, so right, I was right. like, you know, and then I was working in a pub, I was working in a pub when I was 13. Wow. So okay. I was on the. I was pulling cake. pints. <laughs> no, 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 well, it probably no one would have found a pint because yeah. it was probably that long ago. But um, uh, no, I um, I worked as a, a pot washer essentially, right. you know, and 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 the sh and the chefs always I always got on with the chefs, so mm. they would they show me stuff and like you know get me oh, you know show me little right. bits of right. cooking and that kind of was yeah constant for for those years up until I was like. 16, 17, and then I moved away from there, and I always stayed within uh, with hospitality. Mm. So I did front of house. I was a waiter for a bit, you mm. know, and then ended up back in the kitchen, you know, when I was like eighteen, nineteen, and I, that's what I did, you know, for the up and you know for my t for my all of my teens, pretty mm. much my working teens anyway, and um, that was it. It was always music and food, but I used to cook right. at home all the time. Um, I was. I mean, I was fairly, fairly young when I was getting like mm. um, recipe cards from Sainsbury's oh, right, and yeah. doing like, you know, trying to make dishes mm. and that kind of thing and then adjusting them to kind of my own taste. And yeah, and then I ended up in nightclubs for, for a long time and then right. back, in, back into the kitchen, you know, and, and that's where I've been for the last, you know, full time for the last 15 years. Right, right. Are you uh, willing to chat about some of those previous places that you've uh, been working yeah, at? Yeah, I mean, um, I was all in the West Country for, mm. for so um, working at event places. My brother had a, a, a spot which was, you know, did a good Sunday lunch and worked along an amazing chef who right. was one of, um, you know, worked for Mitch Tonks for years and um, Jack. He was probably, he, he actually probably taught me more about, kind of more about food than anyone else, right. probably, you know. Uh, he... Yeah, he showed me everything. So, and actually ha learning how to cook and being like, you know, you go on TV and you watch like MasterChef mm -hmm. now and there's people that are kind of like working IT and they are, they understand food. Yeah. And they're, they're amazing chefs, but to go from, you know, dinner parties at home to s sitting at 200 sure, people down, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a real big jump and how you, it's a different kind of, and that's the thing that I learned you know, uh, that's the big thing I learned because mm -hmm. then I was fully immersed in it and I was working full time and it was a small team. So it was, uh, we had three of us, mm -hmm. uh, my head chef, Jack and, and myself and then an, an, uh, another guy, like Matt. And right. it was us three that we were doing all the, all the events, all the hours, small team, right. one KP. And I learned about doing, you know, the, the restaurant thing, mm. um, which was, um, yeah, really, really interesting, and obviously set me on my, set me <laughs> in my way, and then yeah. through various things, I ended up working at hotels and restaurants in Southeast Asia, and 
right. for a number of years. Um, and so then, Thailand was it? You know, I was in Thailand for almost three years, and then um, Indonesia on and off. Uh, I did a contract there for for a year, so I would go from um, I would do you know three months, come back for a little bit, and then go do three oh, months. Nice. And then the last thing I did was like six months, um, just building up a small kind of boutique hotel. Mm. So they they built their kitchen from. The literal, the literal building of the kitchen right, basically okay. they had a tiny tiny um, uh, hut that they used to do like the, the breakfasts mm. and that's all they did it was a small hotel at the time so it had like 10 guests you could, right, you could right. stay there and then they expanded they built new rooms they built a whole new kitchen and, and I worked from that small hut to a massive you know kitchen that was servicing you know, brunch and right, you know, right. uh, lunch, dinner, the f- the full works. They built a restaurant and everything. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting, yeah. of, um, <laughs> you know, uh, logistically because it was on a very very small island and, and working out what you can do, having to make so much right. stuff yeah, ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I even back then I was doing tacos, but you know, having to make them myself because you no one them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you know, there was that that that. Um, yeah, that was the challenge there, was everything had to be made. Mm-hmm. You, you, you weren't buying anything. You get raw kind of materials from suppliers, you know, amazing seafood, and, right, and, right. Uh, and they would import meat and that kind of thing. But for the, for the most part, if you want bread or tacos or anything like that, you're, you're, making, them, right. you're making them yourself, basically. <laughs> nice. So you kind of, like, built up their kitchen and their menu, I guess, and then yeah. their sort of running with that, that yeah it? so they had a whole I had a at the time I think we had like 10 chefs so I was in there I wrote the menu and then trained them everyone up to, mm-hmm. to basically make it so um, you know uh, everything from breakfast lunch dinner training the whole you know uh, right. all the staff how we do it that kind of thing and, and that was nice. it you know so it was, it was interesting because it's nice to kind of teach people but I think mm. at the time I think half of it I was like writing down stuff and I was like, well, I know that will taste all right, but never, <laughs> never making any of it, right, and then, okay. then going in and having to kind of work your way back from mm. an idea to kind of a finished dish, mm. which is kind of pretty much what I do most times. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, trial and error, yeah. basically, a lot of error, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the process, I think. Oh, cool. And you've also done a bit of consultancy for like London-based folks as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some household names potentially for some yeah, listeners. I think for, I think for food, yeah. yeah. They, they, I've been lucky to kind of work with. Um, uh, I was at obviously Nanny Bills mm. for two and a half years, and was for the first year it was kind of on and off because I still had my pub in the West Country, right. so I was travelling. I was half the week I spent in in Bath, and then the other half a week I was right. in London helping Darren with kind of his. You know the early stages of what Nanny Bills was, mm. um, and then after a year, kind of came on as um, you know heading up the food there basically, and um, yeah, it was it was I learned a lot. You yeah, know. you know Darren's a nice guy to work for, and yeah, yeah, it was kind of mutually beneficial I think in a mm. lot of ways because I kind of helped with the food side, but I learned a lot about the London scene and yeah, yeah. you know um, events and that kind of thing, which you know the street food kind of aspect of it of going somewhere with a three by three and popping it up and dishing out 150 burgers and then popping it back into a pan right. and then going <laughs> off which was very new to me at the time but um i got lots of practice there mm. so nice. 
that's that's good yeah any other kind of standout memories from your time on the scene I guess before what you're doing now yeah I mean it's weird like it's a chef I think I'm always it's like one of those things that every time I look back and the year the years passed mm. and I realised I didn't really know anything a year ago. Right. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I think w- with time you kind of realise you're constantly evolving mm. and changing and, and I've been lucky enough to kind of do some different things and work for different yeah. people which has benefited you know, I've I've been able to add something to those businesses from from my experience and mm. what I do but I've also managed to take stuff sure. away and, and see how other people do things and and um, and learn so I think um, yeah now I've got kind of here and, and, and bang bang mm. that's the, the downside to it is you kind of you don't get that variety. fewer opportunities for like learning actually. yeah I think that's it yeah you know certainly like I said to you at the start going to Brat and seeing mm. kind of I was sat there and kind of I'm always watching the kitchen and <laughs> right, I, yeah. I, I, we were sat in the corner but I, there was a mirror and I oh, wow. it, it bounced straight onto so like kind a kind of, of periscope like yeah yeah around. exactly <laughs> um, and I was like what amazing place you know if you could work there for like mm. a period of time like all those things, those, those are the things that actually really grow you as a chef right. and or, or throwing yourself into businesses that mm-hmm. uh, force you to kind of push the boundaries a little bit or, you know, to vi- diversify yourself enough so that you're keeping it interesting, which right, right. obviously like here, we are in the process of now, I've, I've got a kind of a fairly solid team just recently. I remember speaking to you yeah. when you last came with Angela and I kind of said, well... Everyone was kind of having staffing troubles. Like It's been terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's been terrible. I had, I, you know, the usual process is you meet someone, you speak to them on the phone, you get them in for an interview, then you sort them out for a trial. Mm. And I, did, I literally had one guy who was like, I, I'm not going to come in for a trial uh, because I've been offered 12 jobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of swung back the other way. There's mm. lots of people that have, and especially here, we, we weren't opening the hours we would normally open yeah, because yeah. we didn't have the staff to do it and now I'm at a place where actually I've got I've got I found a new guy and you know he's he's really you know not a chef chef experience but he's gotten he's got that kind of fire to push mm. him to go you know uh, to to learn and and better himself and st- that kind of stuff. So we're we're in the process. I'm actually going to take a week off next week and just spend not a week off but a week off from the kitchen right. to spend a whole week, which is just um, to try and develop dishes and to mm. change up the menu here. Oh, cool. um, that's that's the idea. Nice. And, and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask kind of what the the future holds. Obviously, you said uh, you've got big plans for Bang Bang. Uh, is there anything like in the works for here or? Any other grand schemes in the works? Well, here, one of the things that happened here at the start of last year was not just COVID, but we had a late license for our events. Right. So we've got this, we've got a big out, out the back, we've mm. got a little summer house, we've got the side, side event room, and we had all these events that were booked in mm. for here because it's a great space, it's yeah. a late license, you know. We have the ability, you know, if anyone wants anything, we can kind of whatever their taste we mm. can you know make the food for it yeah. essentially and so for here the events thing is is something that you know I did a, a wedding on Saturday oh, okay. I, you know obviously 
yeah, a lady had been, been putting off a wedding for, yeah. you know, pushed it back, pushed it back, pushed it back, and we've got one next month saying they're just at the point where they're like, well, I don't want to change anymore. So yeah. they're having to adjust it slightly to fit in with all the uh, restrictions that sure. they have now. So I'm just hoping that, obviously, in two weeks' time or whatever it is, that <laughs> they're going to yeah. just say, you know, um, they're going to lift everything. And, and I think at this point, and hopefully yeah. one that's going to see some sort of sense of normality <laughs> coming back into our lives, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, so a couple of maybe quick fire-ish questions for you then. Um, so of, the, of what you do here and what you do at Bang Bang, what's kind of your favourite uh, thing to make or eat or both? <laughs> um, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I think I think uh, the blue cheeseburger. I mm. think. <laughs> it's my, like it's there's a reason that I have it's slightly different here than it is at Bang Bang. Mm. We use um, slightly we use a different baker, and uh, but yeah we we use a, a great quality you know Bath blue cheese mm. uh, which is award winning organic um, blue and it is amazing that in a burger for me is is um, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not everyone's taste. I know blue cheese is like one of those things that's kind yeah. of separates mm, people's um, thing, but for me, like a good blue cheeseburger. Yeah, it definitely does it for me as well. Yeah. My, my eyes go to the blue cheese on a burger menu like mm. straight away. It's, it's, it's the one for sure. Um, cool. And we obviously talked about brat earlier. Mm. Um, do you have any kind of particular favorite like go to's when you're out on the town? Um, or well, always mixing it up. <laughs> uh, I've got a list on my phone that I'm uh, working my way through. Yeah. My wife and I sat down and we were like, these are the places that we want to go to eat to. But certainly there's some places that I will go back to, you know, Testies in Stoke Newington oh, right. as a Turkish is amazing. Mm. You know, their you know, the, uh, salads that come with the food, you know, it's like char grilled mm. onion with this pomegranate you know thing they do I mean it's just the salads and the meat and everything is, is great um, I used to live that way so that's right. that's even now every month I'll <laughs> drive down there yeah. to pick it up or bring it back um, actually now we can sit in actually so yeah, 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 it's nice. changed a little bit um, that is quite good Brigadiers right. is probably the best Indian food I think I've ever had mm. it's um, and you know hoppers but they're the same group Yeah. yeah. so that you know mm. everything is it, is it JKD? Yes. Probably, is it JKD? It's something definitely like, J, J and D are involved, yeah. I think. Yeah. That's my <laughs> dyslexia. I mean, that is, <laughs> my dyslexia jumping up the letters. Yeah. But yeah, I think everything that they do is pretty good. Mm. But uh, certainly hoppers and, yeah. and brigadiers for that kind of, um, you know, one Sri Lankan, one Indian. But yeah, the, the spiced food aspect there, yeah. they're, uh, they're very good. I mean, I've always been a fan of Hawksmoor. Um, Classic. Yeah, you know, for for what for what they do, but yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, London, you know, you you've got, I've not got enough time in my oh, life yeah. to go around <laughs> and see all these places, but yeah. certainly I have a list now that I'm I'm sticking to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I've also had several of those lists that I've supposedly been sticking to over, over the years, and yeah, they they just get longer for me. So. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're in a good position though, right? Uh, it's, <laughs> I can't complain. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're certainly spoiled for choice here in, in London, so it's definitely yeah. a good place to be. It is. I mean, food is life, ultimately. Yeah. 
it's something that brings us all together, mm. you know, as well, you know, from a social aspect, which mm. is, you know, just sitting down with your friends and having a meal is, is, you know, I think it's one of the nicest things you can do in for life, sure, you know, for sure. and especially when it's a really good meal. <laughs> that makes it a bit better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing. Um, so, like, the last thing that I've been asking people is, uh, do you think there's any particular sort of new trend on the horizon on the sort of London food scene uh, that we're going to be seeing more of in the kind of coming months, years? I'm probably the worst person to ask. I've got two young kids and I, I literally, I've been to, um, in the last year and a half, I've been to Barafina on Dean Street and I went to Brath uh, yesterday. Right. So I don't get out anywhere yeah. as near as what I, what I could do. But I mean, with anything, it's, it's constantly evolving. Mm. Yeah, you, you see it in the food over the last probably four or five years of... Uh, simplicity finding its way back mm. into the kitchen of people just focusing of having like you say like amazing ingredients and them being the mm. the, the star of the show you know um, you know so for instance four legs you know mm. what what they've done up at the Compton Arms mm. you know of, of having just food that they really like to eat and it's plated in a way that is unpretentious but there's so much there's a level of kind of simplicity but with confidence mm. in yeah you know like someone who's they know their food is good so they can do whatever they want yeah. and people are going to like it get and that, the faff yeah. yeah yeah and and I think with the quality of chefs that are kind of coming up through working for you know various restaurants and then using that knowledge to then go out and do their own thing mm. is, is, is good for any food scene you know because sure. you know it's other people's take on it I think if you have too many people dominating the kind of scene it kind yeah, of yeah, doesn't yeah. make it good but the beauty of London is there's always going to be that you know yeah, for sure amazing well thanks so much for taking the time to chat to me uh, it's been a great time and uh, yeah I mean I'm looking forward to coming by well I'll definitely be at your Bermondsey branch yeah, of, uh, yeah. bang bang at the end of the year by something yeah. well I'm sure I'll see you before then but right. yeah thank you amazing cheers and there you have it folks so thanks again to Jamie for taking the time to talk to me once again, if you get the chance, I'd definitely recommend checking out both the Leytonstone Tavern and Bang Bang Burger. Socials linked in the show notes as ever. You can find me on Instagram at Mike Eats London or follow the pod at Mike Meets London for updates on new episodes. If you enjoyed the episode, please do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to get in touch with any feedback or suggestions about who I should talk to next, you're always welcome to drop me a line on Instagram. And don't forget, any five-star reviews you want to give me would be greatly appreciated. So see you next time. levels of butter in in brat were high <laughs> it's what you want it's what you want yeah, yeah yeah oh amazing <laughs>